was thinking of you this week. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you heard or not, but Quentin Tarantino did a talk yeah. in the of Hateful Eight. Did you hear about this? Something about VHS. He still uses VHS tapes. Yeah, he doesn't like Netflix. <laughs> he does, it's not, not that he uses VHS tapes. It's that he doesn't, he doesn't like, like Netflix. Netflix. He prefers to watch movies off TV that he records onto VHS. Yeah. Which, I feel like he went the one step a little bit too far. Like I'm, I'm all for just saying, yeah, I just watch movies off TV. It's, it's kind of yeah. fun. But when he said, oh yeah, I record them on VHS tapes. You might even know. Where does one even get VHS tapes now? It, they're harder to find. The blank ones are hard to find. Sometimes I run into blank tapes, like, at, like, a pack of blank tapes at Goodwill. But I think you can get them at some dollar stores. I feel like Quentin Tarantino probably, like, bought the stock out of some company. And that's just, like, that's, has a that's my thought. Or he's really <laughs> reusing his tapes yeah. over and over. <laughs> he's got, like, two. That he just... <laughs> sound is for shit. Welcome to wherever you are. Welcome back to wherever you are, I should say. My name is Ryan McNeil in Toronto, Canada. You are finally listening to episode 143 of the Matinee Cast. It's a movie-loving podcast on my movie-loving website, thematinee.ca, your home for cinematic passion and perspective. Y'all might have noticed, but prior to my cluster of tip dispatches last week, I was gone for a little while. Uh, for the first time ever, I took an entire month away from podcasting. And not entirely by choice. You see, this past August at the Multiplex, there was nothing that I wanted to talk about. Really, there, there was there was one movie that I thought about talking about for a minute, and then I just said, nope. Uh, so as one kind of led to the other, I decided to turn my absence into a bit of a vacation for the show and wait for fall to arrive, sort of like going back to school. So to that end, I can't think of a better teacher to have class with than today's guest because he's one of the godfathers of Toronto podcasting and hopefully can teach me a trick or two before we're done today. We're on location here in the West End of Toronto. It's some very nice digs, sir. Thank you. Um, one of the hosts <laughs> of See You Next Wednesday and the Time Bandits podcast is our guest today. Dan Gorman is on the show. How are you, man? Oh my God, so good. That was a great introduction. I, 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 you know, not bad for 8 o'clock in the morning. I, know. You know, I wondered why I was late. I wanted to get it just so. <laughs> On episode 143, we'll be discussing Sicario. We'll be flipping the record over to play the other side and finish out by going further down the spiral. Before that, we need to learn more about Dan. This is Know Your Enemy. Alright buddy, Inquiring Minds want to know, what is the first film you can remember seeing in that theater? Oh, I went back and forth on this because I was trying to remember. I have, the, the one of my first memories of seeing a movie in the movie theater is I have a really hazy memory of, see, mem, memory of seeing Wayne's World more than once with my dad and my brother. Okay. Um, I guess, what was that, 1991? Yeah. yeah. So, but I also have a really foggy memory of seeing the first Ninja Turtles. The, yeah, the, the live actor. Yeah, oh my gosh. I feel like 1990 was when I start remembering movie experiences. How old would you have been? Uh, I would have been, I guess, five because I was that, born in '85. Five. Well, okay, so five they say is usually when you start retaining memories. Yeah, for starters. Um, but um, that's also around the time that most people who I talk to tend to start also remembering the movies yeah but they see so it and i think they were both like ninja turtles i think was 1990 yeah and, so and wayne's world was 92 the next year yeah um and both the wayne's world at like age five or six were you getting the jokes no i remember like thinking it was hilarious they were gonna like spit off of the balcony <laughs> and i remember saying lines like we were excited coming home in the car and and saying lines and like not getting some of them right. and like yeah <laughs> and that was a movie where i went back to 
over and over again as I grew up, and every few years it got another joke like, like <laughs> oh, okay, that's a sexual thing. Right. <laughs> Did you ever have the moment, well, even just like schwing as, yeah. as, as, as a saying, like how often were we saying that I know, as kids? And, and not like, realizing. What we were saying. I right? remember because there's a line in the movie where he goes, ribbed for her pleasure. Ew. Ew. And I remember the year I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like, I, I can only imagine, like, your parents taking you to that. You, did your parents take you to that? You my said, dad did. Like, do you my think dad had, was do you like, think he, would, like, would you take your five-year-old to that? And, like, you, do you get midway, I think so. But would you get midway in and go, oh. Uh, I, I actually, I think Wayne's World is pretty, like, silly enough that most of it goes over. Like, it, nothing in it is really explicit. Yeah. Like, there's a scene where he, they have the sex scene where it's, like, gratuitous sex scene and he just, like, falls on the bed. Right. It's pretty, like, PG. Yeah. But my dad was really good at... at in, in terms of comedy movies getting me on a lot. So, okay. like, my dad showed me Caddyshack when I was really young, and I remember I knew well enough to fast-forward through the nudity in that movie that I could do it on my own. Because <laughs> I'd watched it so many times, like, when I was on a sick day or something. So right. I knew if one scene came up, I was like, okay, fast-forward it for five minutes, because I'm supposed to do this, because Dad says so. <laughs> I was gonna say, there is an off mic conversation i'm sure which would be like the moment that you're like i'm not gonna fast forward yeah <laughs> but uh, well, i think that's a whole other yeah. show um not counting anything that we're going to talk about today what was one of the last movies you watched uh i watched two movies last night the most recent one uh last was probably today it was like 1 a.m but i watched this movie called remote control from 1988 directed by this guy named jeff lieberman why uh, is he made a movie. To strike a chord. It's got one of the Dylan brothers, but it's like, it's not Kevin Dylan. Okay. I think it's it's like a one of the weird looking Dylans. <laughs> <laughs> it's like John Dylan or something, and it's got Jennifer Tilly, and the guy that made it made this movie called Squirm about killer, uh, killer worms, and he made a movie called Blue Shun- Sunshine that was cool. But this movie's about this like. 50s black and white science fiction movie that people are renting on VHS that are making them go crazy and kill people and it turns out that the VHS is actually like a plot from an alien race to like exterminate <laughs> the this earth. is like this sounds to me like somebody who thought the ring just wasn't well this would have like yeah. predated the ring yeah it's like 1988 yeah oh man and okay so now this must was this one like one of your a, a part out of your collection because uh, like, no people should know that you've, I got, see, you've got quite a sizable I have a lot. collection of uh, VHS here this movie is like I, I had just heard of it so and i've seen his other movies and i saw it and grabbed it wasn't on i didn't watch it on vhs i watched it digitally oh my but uh i know <laughs> were you okay i was okay <laughs> <laughs> but it was like so entertaining and funny and i feel like it's a cult movie that is oddly underserved I, I really really like it. I think it's legitimately a fun, entertaining movie. Okay, yeah, like see, it, it takes a lot to do this. Yeah. You are actually kind of making me want to watch this. It's movie. good, and like Jennifer Tilly is in the first half of it. It's Kevin Dillon. It is so. It is. Kevin. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> I uh, now I just saw, I just saw Jennifer Tilly because for, for the first time I watched Bound a few weeks. ago. I've never seen Bound. It's it, you know like I thought I'm like all right I'm gonna be the dirty guy watching Bound. Yeah. It's it's like way more than just like a sexy movie. Yeah. It's really really. Good. I heard it's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. I was I was surprised. Like, it holds up 
up really, really well. Yeah. Um, remote Control? Yeah, 1988. Okay. I will I will check that out. Yeah. And, and, and if I don't like it, I'm blaming <laughs> uh, This ought to be interesting. What is one of the worst movies you have ever seen? Um, the wor- One of the worst movies I've ever seen is Roller Gator from 1996. <laughs> what? Um, I'll bring it up here for a second. So Roller Gator is made by uh, the director of a film called Hell Comes to Frogtown, which stars Rowdy Roddy. Now, now you're just making up movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's directed by this guy, Donald G. Jackson, who decided to invent this kind of filmmaking called, like, Zen filmmaking, which is just like, I want to make low-budget movies and have a fun name for it, because it stars, uh, the biggest name would be Joe Estevez, and it's about, like, it's like trying to be a kid's movie about a girl who finds a little, like, uh, talking alligator who's a little purple alligator, but it is... Like I like bad movies, but right. it is unbelievable. That, There's you can't find it without a chunk of it missing audio. It's like it was pressed improperly or mixed improperly, and there's a chunk of the movie with no audio. And like how all big of a the chunk? Are we talking like like ten, like ten minutes? Yeah. Wow. It, and and you can't find it like anywhere on the internet. Without what if that ten that? minutes is the key to like the <laughs> whole movie? What if you no. put that ten minutes in? <laughs> no, I don't think there's any key to this movie. So why, now, like you said, you like bad movies, so what is it that makes this one especially bad? It's just, what? so the whole movie is soundtracked with this like acoustic guitar uh, and that never stops. Okay. There's soundtrack over the entire movie. And then people are just rambling and like walking around improvising lines and stuff. And it is just there's no plot it is it is awful it is excruciating so it sounds like the pointlessness of it yeah like it was let's shoot enough footage that we have 60 plus minutes so this can count as a movie that we can put on a shelf somewhere it's that kind of like bargain basement stuff (laughs) dear god it's bad that sounds atrocious (laughs) um what is a classic or essential movie that you have not yet seen uh i wrote down the deer hunter I would have thought you would have seen the I've deer never hunter. seen the deer hunter. Oh man. Yeah. Um it's long. That's, yeah. that's one thing I could tell you cuz like it's got I always refer to um it's wedding scene. It opens with this like this wedding scene that seems to go on for the better part of an hour. Yeah. It is long ass wedding scene. Um and then it kind of finally gets into yeah. its whole like, you know, blue collar guys mm-hmm. and war stories and all that jazz. Um but I feel like that's that's one of those ones that um the like that's kind of I don't want to say it's getting lost to time but there's a bunch of movies that, that are these these pillars yeah. that as time goes on they kind of get forgotten mm-hmm. I remember like I remember a while ago hearing people who didn't necessarily know who like Robert Zemeckis is yeah. and, you know he's got a new movie coming out next week and I remember thinking to myself well it's one thing to say you know how can you not know who this guy yeah. is when he hasn't been as big a presence in this decade as yeah. he was Back, in the past yeah so I kind of feel like their deer hunter is going in that direction mm-hmm. where people don't necessarily know who Michael Cimino yeah. is or, or the film's importance. Yeah. My, he, Cimino did Lightning and Lightning Bolt and Thunderfoot, right? Yeah. I love that movie. Okay. <laughs> he, also, he also did uh, he also did Heaven's Gate. You ever seen yes. that? Yes. Oh, I actually have never seen that either, but I've I know a lot about it. I know obviously. a lot about yeah, I was gonna say I know a lot about that one, but I well yeah. I know a lot about that one and I haven't seen it. I do kind yeah. of feel like I wanna just rip that band aid off. My, um, I love the, the one of the things that I know about Heaven's Gate was from when I was younger, there was an Animaniacs episode where they are in a video store and they're throwing around VHS tapes of movies that were bombs, and right. they're exploding as bombs. Oh, and okay. Like, it's like, we're going to throw this at you, and it blows up. And all of the movies they throw are, like, Heaven's Gate, and, like, these classic, like, go-over-the-top 
budget movies. Okay. And, okay. and that was one of them. And I was like, what's Heaven's Gate? And I remember like looking, looking it, up it up years later. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. Well, I, you know, whenever you do watch The Deer Hunter, it's, it's, yeah. a, like, it's a good one when you just kind of want to chill. Yeah. Uh, be, as I said, because it, it just unfolds at its own pace. Um, and it is really good. Uh, everybody in it is, yeah. is really, really stellar. Um, I have a lot of movies like that. I'm somebody who really wants to like circle back on certain movies, but get i guess i like i like finding the weird ones that i never would have thought of seeing i yeah, guess yeah. that there's like a thrill to that to oh, me oh there, there but, totally is and but that, there's that's a few that's why i don't go back and yeah, watch stuff right there's a few like major ones where it's just like i kind of had a trouble picking one i was like you know i've never seen casablanca and like it's ever? kind of ever wow. and it's kind of like one of those things hanging over me it's like i need to see this movie yeah. Why am I not watching this movie? It's, I should just watch certain, it. At a certain point, it becomes like, you know, when to find the right exactly. occasion, right? Yeah. Well, sometimes you just got to say, <laughs> it's Tuesday. It yeah. is the occasion because I smack your lamp. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, what's a film that for any reason you wish you'd had a hand in making? Uh, Monster Squad. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I hate that movie so much. What? It's I don't I don't hate it. I just it was trumped up to me like no tomorrow. Oh. By, by... Are you a Goonies guy though? Not so much. Okay, because I, am... I don't like the Goonies and I and Monster Squad is like up there for me. I feel like those are the kind of movies that if if I hadn't seen them by a certain age, that yeah. I missed I missed the mark and I hadn't seen it by a certain age. Yeah. Um, so when I finally did watch it, I like I now admittedly it did get a laugh out loud out of me when the guy was like, It's your last chance for pie. Yeah. That I was like, okay, this is pretty good. Yeah. Um, but beyond that I, I didn't quite get into it. But why do you want to remake why do you remake? Why would you I would to, remake it. Why would you want to make Monster Squad? Uh just because it has everything that I love about about movies ever since I was a kid. It's got monsters, it's funny, it's scary, it's got action, it's got effects it's just every everything that I love about movies since because I saw Monster Squad when I was like really young. Okay. So Monster Squad is one of those movies where I am blinded no matter what. As much as I don't like admitting it, I like to say Monster Squad. I love it. I'll stand behind it. Yeah. yeah. But I do know that because I saw it when I was like before I even knew what movies were, it was just on. But the, no, but like sometimes that's that's the cool way to do it, right? Yeah. That's you know, it just becomes it becomes a part of yeah. your DNA. Like I remember when it scared me and I couldn't watch all of it and then I remember when I overcame what that. Uh, the opening with like the creepy music and Dracula in the is coming out and you see his hand and he turns and like there's bats everywhere and shit. That freaked you out. That freaked me out. I, I was like, this is too scary for me. Wow. Yeah, and it's pretty gory. Yeah, yeah, it so, is. Now, is that a movie that, like, because we're, lately, we've been blessed with, like, screenings in this city. Is it mm-hmm. every time it has a screening you go? Or? I've actually, I think I've seen it on the big screen once. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Because yeah. it's, it, it's playing more and more, more as time yeah. goes on. It came once with uh, Fred Decker yeah. in attendance at the Bluer before it was Hot Docs, and I missed it, and I remember being like, oh, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, it's not my cup of tea, but I can certainly yeah. see why it's yours. And, uh, and yeah, you know what? Like being able to like lay your name on that one, that would be. I would be awesome. pretty happy. Definitely. There we go. That is uh, that is Dan Gorman. We are going to move on to the new slang for this episode. The new slang is Sicario. Here comes another song about Mexico. Well, I just can't help myself. I lost my old lady. Got my lures, got my bobbers, now I'm gonna go. Got off in the wrong direction. Sicario, 
Sicario is directed by Denny Villeneuve. It's written by Taylor Sheridan. It stars Emily Blunt, Josh Brolin. It's the story of a string of covert ops in the war on drugs uh, being run near the American border with Mexico. These missions, um, which appear authorized, are also black bag. And they're about going after the head of a very powerful cartel and delivering swift justice in response to several FBI agents being killed in a drug raid. Sicario spends a long time keeping its cards close to the vest, uh, much like Emily Blunt in a lot of these powwows that dot the movie where important people make plans on how to, t how to execute these missions. We spend a lot of time looking around rooms, trying to figure out who's who. We know why they're doing what they're doing, but we don't entirely know what they're doing for half the film, nor who they're doing it with. So, pop quiz, Hotshot. How did that work out for you? Did you want them to show their hand earlier, or were you willing to go along for the ride in the back of one of those Suburbans until they were darn good and ready to tell you what's what? Oh, I was 100% ready to go on the ride. I didn't feel like I was wanting more out of this movie than it was giving me. I felt like every when it was giving me what it was giving me, I was eating it up. Okay. Like, I never felt like, okay, get on with it. Well, and, and you understand why I'm asking that question, because I do know a lot of people who would say, like, wait, what's this about? Who yeah. are you going after? It's, and you, you weren't like that. You were just no, like, no. just give me the story. Yeah. I'm here. I'm I love, it. like, I mean, I loved Prisoners, so I knew that this was going to be, I knew kind of what it was going to be. I haven't seen his his earlier work, uh, Vanilla View, but I have seen uh, Enemy. So I've seen Enemy and Prisoners, but I, so I kind of knew, like, this is going to be the kind of movie it is. It's, it's a, I, I call this a grown-up movie. Yeah. You know, this is the kind of movie I actually wish Hollywood would make more often where they put studio money behind a story that they're not really worried about trying to get anybody under the age of, like, 18 into the theater mm -hmm. or 17. Not because I don't think kids would see this movie, because I think when we were kids we would have seen this yeah. movie. But they're not necessarily trying to get, like, you know, the regular teenage yeah, crowd yeah. that'll go see something like no. Avengers. Um, but it, it's oddly a movie that I feel like straddles a line between like heady sort of art filmmaking and and like you know punch you in the gut not blockbuster filmmaking but like thriller filmmaking. Where do you get the heady arty filmmaking? I like in in the sort of cinematography from Deakins and oh, the, yeah. and the art and the score and the way that a lot of scenes will sort of just open with shots of you know the the shots of mexico shot like with the soundtrack and and it's not it's not throwing you into a scene and being like here's the point of the scene it's like here's where we are here's the mood here's the atmosphere and then i'm gonna okay now we're talking and here's the point of the scene. it's like i don't know it's very it eases you in in a way like i feel like the the, the structure of this film visually and narratively is as much fussed over and, and as a point of the movie as like you know how nervous excitement and thrilling it is to be in those cars at mm -hmm. the border yeah. and how that is a very like gut level tension based filmmaking but then at the same time it spaces out and shows you kind of gorgeous cinematography and and just lets a scene start with like five shots over you know the crazy amazing soundtrack <laughs> yeah that well it's, it's kind of crazy because i know um i've heard people actually uh, kind of squawk about that that soundtrack by Johan Johansson, which is oh, I it's thought kind it was of, so good. It's 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 really intense. Is yeah, what it is. Um, it, it's it's this droning. It's not like a Hans Zimmer blah no, kind no, of not kind at of thing, all. but it's more just 
bombastic in terms of you are outnumbered in, yeah. these, in these missions. And same thing with that cinematography. Like when it really backs up and it shows you the landscape where you've yeah. just got miles and miles of nothing. Yeah. It's like you are completely alone in totally. all this. And that, that's the thing. I thought so much of this movie was about trying to make us feel really, really small yeah. in this in this whole fight. The, the cool thing for me to, to kind of touch on my own question of going along with it was this is a movie that I really did not know much about going in, uh, even though I posted the trailer on the yeah. back day. Um, I hadn't seen, I, like I knew I knew who was in it and I knew drug running and that yeah. was it. I hadn't seen a clip. I hadn't yeah. read the story. Nothing. So, yeah, I knew that it was like about her going into this task force and and I like I said to you in an email, it was I I, I figured it was going to be like in over your head. Who do you trust? Kind of situation, which it sort of was, but. But yeah, I didn't read up a ton about what's the logistics of like the drugs and, right. and the, who are they going after. And well, the crazy thing is when I was rewatching, when I was watching like how this movie is being sold, they're really selling Del Toro in this movie, and I kind of feel like that's a huge mistake. Because... I feel like they put a lot of like not, I guess not spoilery, but like they reveal a lot about his character in yeah, the trailer. Which where is it's strange. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> he comes into this movie as such a mystery. Yeah. Right? Like even just the first time we see him, he's standing off like way in the corner yeah. of the, like by the plane. Yeah. Just minding his own business. He doesn't say, you know, Anything. hey, I'm Alejandro. Yeah. Nothing like that. He just walks And he just in, gets on the, the Gets on the plane, the plane and he falls asleep. And it's like half the, half the, the first half of this movie is like what's his deal yeah yeah and i was like why in the world would you want to tip that off yeah so i i did know like going into the movie that something about his character was gonna be like oh is he shady is he is he in on something from the trailer yeah yeah. i do i do agree like because so much of the tension comes from who is this guy why is he coming along on this mission and why are why is nobody treating emily blunt's character like the expert that she has been shown to be in the opening of the movie. Because yeah. I actually thought this movie was going to be more like badass Emily Blunt, like Edge of Tomorrow style, like kicking down doors, like the opening. Because yeah. they show that a lot in the trailer too. Yeah. But the movie is more about like her navigating the murky waters and figuring out why have they brought me here because I'm not really doing all that much. Yeah. Like they don't every really let they put, her do anything for a while. Every time they put a gun in her hand she, she like she reminds you why she's there. Yeah. But that's the thing is that they don't put a gun in her hand all that, that often. often. Right? A lot of the times she's just she's in the corner of the room listening to yeah. everything until they turn to her and Or say, she's at the think? back of the caravan in the back seat or something. Yeah. And it's kind of like well you guys asked me to come on this trip but like I don't really feel like I'm because at the beginning of the movie they sell it like you're going to head up something and yeah. then when the movie like goes on you're like she's not heading up anything they're heading her up yeah so yeah. and then the question becomes why now i take it obviously the way we're talking about this film that you like this movie oh yeah very much okay <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say because usually i can't I get too caught up in my opening question um yeah i i know people probably got tired of hearing me bring it up during the tip dispatches but this was like certainly one of the best ones i saw yeah of the festival and so you've had some time to mull it over well i've had some time to mull it over and i lost pieces of okay. it like like i i wrote the review yeah. of this yesterday night and that was a, a little bit of a hard pull because i was like <laughs> trying to pull yeah because it was like film three out of 24 so i was reaching yeah. a little bit back but yeah it, it's it sat with me like through all a whole bunch more material yeah. afterwards i kept just coming back to this of this is a a killer movie out it's of this so year. good and and i feel like if there's anything i could say about it negatively it, it was that w- when i saw prisoners 
I really went for Prisoners. Like, I saw it twice at TIFF. Really? I went and I saw Prisoners alone and had just, like, such an intense experience with it. My parents were also going to see Prisoners, so I rush-lined it just so I could be in the room while they watched it for the first time, because <laughs> that's how much I loved it. So I, I did feel like this movie didn't hit me in that way, where I was like, oh my god, coming out of it. But but I loved it. I mean, like, it's what's not to like about this kind of movie? Like, if you like... A three, if you like any kind of thriller or any kind of like movie about this this subject matter like it's it's so nerve wracking nail biting like it's like a mate like I don't know it's just so entertaining well the crazy thing for me the whole movie and, and as I've thought back on it is thinking about the relationship between uh, Emily Blunt um, and uh, Benicio Del Toro yeah. as Kate, like Kate <clears throat> Alejandro's relationship now first of all I kind of had to laugh to myself because I was like have they ever done a movie before? And then I remember Wolfman. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which Wolfman. I, 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 I was really, so disappointed I was so totally tried to forget Wolfman. Yeah. But around that time, I remember thinking to myself, because Emily Blunt is pretty good in it for the, small she, for the small amount of things that she has to do. And I remember thinking, she's an actress who I'm going to want to see more and more. Yeah. And this movie, <clears throat> you're right. They don't always give her everything to do. Like, there are a lot of scenes where it's just stand in the corner and look confused yeah you know but there is a lot of moments and it tends to be when alejandro is around yeah where their dynamic is just so damn interesting yeah and she does a lot with her eyes right so yeah. so if the movie's not necessarily giving her a lot to do she's still doing a lot you know what i mean like she is so you know navigating this this world and and even when she's sort of trying to just look at things and figure out what's going on like there's so much for her character to be doing and and her character is like crazy uh defined and crazy like deep like this isn't a movie where she gets pushed to the sidelines even if the movie in some scenes is doing that yeah like that's part of what makes this movie so interesting is her trying to figure it out from that kind of sideline area and say like why did they bring me here and i found one of the things i found really interesting was the way it was so much about like her as a woman in this world that is clearly presented so like masculinely like when she shows up in that room where they're all like giving uh sort of like the the up and down of what's going to happen and she's everybody like gives her the look yeah. And, and then leaves without even saying anything to her. It's right. kind of like, oh boy, like where are you and what have you gotten into? And well, But meanwhile, we get from her point of view, we get that she looks Josh Brolin up and down and she exactly. fixates on the fact that he's wearing flip-flops. <clears throat> yes. Like she's like, oh, you're that guy. Yeah, you're that guy exactly. who's, who's, who's got his own set of rules. But I, I, I remember I also thought that it was really telling that when they bring her into that into that boardroom to first interview her for this yeah. position... They ask her, are you married? Do you have kids? Yeah. And she just shrugs it off as no. And you can tell she's like, you're, you, she's like, you know, if you brought my partner in here, you would not be asking this question. Yeah, you exactly. Asking if he had a wife or kids. Yeah. You're asking me because you think. Totally. You know, but there's not an argument about it. No. She just, you know, it, it puts in the, nope, nope. Yeah. She just puts all in that. Yeah. No. And, you know, screw you very much exactly. for asking. Yeah. Um, and then the thing, the other thing that she does so damn well is. When she finally blows after the uh, the extraction that we'll talk about in a second, after after the, like the the border sequence, she finally blows and lays into Matt about what's going on and why it's happening. The thing I love about that scene is we back way the hell up. Yeah, like that scene is shot at something like ten or twenty yards. Yeah, 
and we just watch her lay into him mm-hmm. and basically like scream with her whole body. I feel like a lesser movie would have been like right tight. Yeah, tried to make it intense and yeah, and and even and even cut a little quicker. But it's a long single mm-hmm. shot where she just lays into him. It reminded me a lot of um, Jessica Chastain in uh, in Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, yeah. And, and that kind of thing and same sort of thing you see in that moment that she's you know at that moment she's at her breaking point she's yeah. just gone through this yeah. mission that she knows is messed and she's like I'm not playing your game anymore what is this now yeah and they and we want to be backed up so we can see her part totally in. and I think you're right like a lesser director and I think that was what makes Denise so amazing as a director and I feel like malleable for the future people have been talking about him doing Blade Runner and stuff I'm excited for I, that like I think he is an like a lesser director would not trust the material, not trust the actors, and you're right, shoot it closer, try and make it more, you know, intense in the way that movies today are intense with the, like, close-ups and stuff. But but it's the right choice to shoot it that way. It's the right choice to edit it the way that he did, and, the, and it's it's the right choice to put the, mu- the same music that he uses. And yeah. I feel like he's so smart that way. Yeah. And and I would love to see him do <laughs> Blade Runner. I know, it's, it's kind of like you you, you say on paper a, a sequel to Blade Runner and everybody's knee-jerk reaction is absolutely no, yeah. not. But then you say, well, we're going to give it to this guy. We're going to have this guy yeah. shoot it. We're going to have this guy score it. And you're like, okay. <laughs> All right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I feel like the centerpiece of this movie is that extraction scene. Mm-hmm. Um, both it, Underground, the tunnel? No, 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 not that. The, the the going back and forth across the border. Yes, I agree. Going going into Juarez, Mexico to get the guy, mm-hmm. to, to get the guy from this cartel, and then getting him back across the border, which that scene is so damn tense. It's amazing. Um, it's so good that the, it, the, the tunnel scene later, which is featured on some of the posters and stuff, which I feel like is some kind of... Uh, aiming to be like the big part of the movie you're like this is not as good as that scene earlier <laughs> no. no yeah exactly and that like you know points to this movie for putting its its showcase yeah. in first in basically the end of the first act um but it like to me it talks about the execution of this movie because you get you know so they're watch as, as they drive in to yeah. Juarez you can see them looking out and you can see cars following them at a distance mm-hmm. and already you're tense because it's like these are unmarked cars yeah. and we know that that's not a good sign and then you feel more tense when you don't see the when car anymore when you don't anymore. see the it's car like, again I was gonna say oh my god it's just like <laughs> you know I was already nervous when I saw that car and now the car is gone and I'm even more nervous yeah. and it, yeah the, the timing of it all like you mentioned editing that is that scene is just an editing clinic yeah. where once all hell breaks loose every bullet matters yeah it's not just this bombast of bullets every single round counts yeah um like were you were you kind of like doing this i was like pretty intense here yeah i don't get like jumpy a lot with movies because i see a lot of horror movies and but but a few of the gunshots that happen when you don't think they're gonna happen made me do that kind of like whoa jump up in your seat uh, and especially in the opening, actually, something happens in the opening that you don't expect oh, yeah. at the house. And I was like, whoa! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this movie's good at doing that. And it doesn't do it so often that you get tired with it. Which is hard, because I feel like when you see as many movies as we do, um, I, like, I feel like you can kind of see the beats coming yeah. a lot of times. Like, you know when somebody's going to get like a headshot. or you know yeah. when somebody... Sometimes, I feel like a lot of times now, you feel like you know when a car is going to be broadsided. Uh, I was going to say, that shot of somebody driving, you see the, the, the roads in the background, you're like, that car's going to T-bone this car right now <laughs> yeah exactly and and i don't know about you but i didn't get any of that in the opening. no i didn't either. or not in the op- i didn't get any of that in this well not even in the opening i didn't yeah. get any of that uh but I, I certainly didn't get it in the extraction yeah i mean it's 
again, like, it's smart even to, in that extraction scene, have more than one car be the possibility of an enemy. Like, yeah. they're surrounded by cars, and we're trying to figure out which car is it going to be. And then when you realize that there's two cars with people that have guns in it, it's like that slight ratcheting up but not to the point of like cartoonishness yeah not to the point of like oh brother like okay there's five cars with guns just to that point of like oh shit i thought like which car is it gonna be and then now it's which car of these two cars could it be (laughs) or whatever it's worse it's worse it's the same thing as as soon as you stop seeing that car that's trailing exactly and then kind of like we were saying with with backing up there's a lot of scenes where we watch like there's some a good balance of both claustrophobia in the cars. Mm-hmm. So, like, every time we get Alejandro and Kate in the back of that, yeah. that SUV... You're like, okay. It's kind of countered by these aerial shots of just this line of cars exactly. next to the border. Oh, my God. I, I, this is so good, yeah. this movie. I, part of that scene, like, at the, at the end of that scene, when they, like, drive away after the chaos that's happened, I was like... Because you see shots of cars where it's just, like, regular folks. Yeah. Like, and I was like, yeah. what are they thinking? Holy yeah. shit. And, like, I don't... Don't get me wrong. I don't think that something like this happens no, in real but... life. But I do believe that, that, you know, takedowns at the border, like, like really big takedowns happen... Once in, yeah, in yeah, the world, like, of in course. the world, and yeah, what would you be if if you were that seven year old who just seen Wayne's World? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, Daddy, why are they exactly. doing that to that man? Yeah. Oh my God. Did um, you? I, so one of the things that I noticed about about this movie, in terms of like her be uh, Emily Blunt being lost in this world of like machismo and like and masculinity, was there's a few scenes where I find the movie is really playing with the men in this movie, like forcing her into submission because there's a scene where uh somebody that she brings home is turns out to be an, an, an enemy i guess yeah and there's a scene where uh josh brolin has to like force emily blunt onto the ground after the tunnel scene oh yeah and sort of like bend her to their will and i feel like i felt like that was a conscious decision to be like she's trying to stay strong and navigate these waters but like they are pushing back in ways where they want her to act how they want her to act well first of all props to you for being the first guest in 140 some odd episodes to ask me a question <laughs> during a review i'm like wait i have to answer well, no that's not how this works because like i'm trying like i saw this movie pretty recently so i'm trying to figure i'm trying to like parse through it but that was something that i was like is this a is this part of the movie like is is this movie talking about the world that women are being forced through on an even on a non-drug run basis yeah. like where men are like forcing people well, to, to it's bend funny to their you mentioned that because one of the things that made me queasy is that scene where blunt gets in trouble with one mm-hmm. of these guys who she brings home and it wasn't what made me queasy wasn't seeing her physically put in harm's way even though that is really really yeah. visceral um what made me queasy is how she gets out of it. Yeah. Um, because I felt like they had been building her up as, like you say, more of an edge of tomorrow badass. Yeah. And I, like, I was thinking, even though she seems to really be in it deep here, I feel like she's going to get out of this somehow. Yeah. And that the way that she does didn't really sit well with me. It's, it's kind of a weird yeah. fluke. Not a weird fluke, but it's kind of... A, the unfortunate part about this movie is that even though it's got her right at the mm-hmm. dead center of everything and potentially this really, really great heroine, this movie fails the Bechdel test spectacularly because she never has a conversation with any other female yeah. in this movie. Um, and I felt still that that was kind of a way where... Because I, I do sometimes believe that the Bechdel test is flawed. Oh, yeah. 
I believe that that was a moment where it really said, no, 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 no. Even though we're putting her in the middle of this and putting her as a badass every time she has a gun, moments like that or moments where um, Matt puts her like to the ground, yeah. we're really reinforcing the fact that even though we've brought her in here because she has the machismo and, and one of her coworkers said that like, you're a mess yeah. right now. You're like, you know, you need to go out and get some, but yeah. the way you look right now, no guy would do yeah. that because you just look like a slovenly dude. I, I, I that didn't sit right with me. And, yeah. and I, that's one of those things I feel like at the story level could have been a bit better, mm-hmm. but I was just wondering because, cause like, yeah, it seems like it's, it's, I'm trying to figure out what the movie wanted to say with that stuff. Because again, with, with the ending and, and not, we won't, I won't spoil but but my girlfriend and I were talking about the ending where uh, Emily Blunt and Benicio del Toro kind of come to a head in the final final scenes, and my girlfriend was like, "I wanted her to do the thing that she yeah. goes to do on the balcony." Yeah, and I, and I was like, "I don't know because is that too clean of an ending? Is this movie trying to like say like?" Because the way the movie ends with with Mexico is like it's gonna go on forever and it's gonna be a part of their lives forever and is this movie like a really kind of grim like you know <laughs> discussion of like things are gonna be rough for women well or there's, something yeah well there's you know there there's there's that and, and that, that kind of comes that comes up again in a movie we're gonna talk about later but yeah with the Mexican thing I feel like the movie is just saying. This is chaos, and no, and and if we take out the powers at the top, it's going to be even more chaos. Yeah. So I wanted some sort of measure of control at the end of this movie. I'm, I'm with your girlfriend. I wanted that ending. Yeah. I, and even and even if it cut to black. Yeah. With that ending, I, that would have been satisfying. But I was just sitting there saying, no, come yeah. on, don't don't end yeah. like this. It is a really really powerful ending. But I think that's, even though I love this movie to death, if if I were to do it differently, I would. I, I I would balance yeah. I I you know balance the gender politics of this movie just a little bit mm-hmm. more because they're close they are but... and 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 like I said the 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 act of her you know being the anchor to this movie and going through this world is fascinating yeah and and I feel like it is does have a lot to say yeah but you're right I do I did feel a little like there was a few ways I felt like the movie could have ended yeah there's a thing that Benicio del Toro does to her in that final scene where she's trying to sign something yeah and he puts a gun to her head and I was like if this movie ends with uh with that gun going off that could be a really powerful ending too. Like yeah. I am not gonna do what you tell me to do anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> actually, that 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 is true too. Like I hadn't I hadn't thought of that ending. I didn't really want that, but I, I hadn't thought. Of I that. didn't want that, but no, I was like, if that's that, where this is going, that's a really powerful. <laughs> I, yeah. Oh my god. Um, yeah, it's you know this movie this movie is execution on every level. Although I think we've just said maybe slightly not quite so in script. Yeah. But in terms of craft this is what i want out of a studio film mm-hmm. and i i i wish there were more like it i you know i've been bemoaning the fact that canada has lost denny Villeneuve as a director mm-hmm. that, that you know he's he's the hollywood has grabbed him intelligently so yeah but that he's not coming back like he's not gonna i don't see him anytime soon making a movie like ensemble or polytechnique but what about again. enemy because that it, was between, right? That was around was, the same time as Prisoners. And, and that's, it, it, like, it's kind of, it, it, don't get me wrong, it's awesome. It, like, it, that is the kind of Canadian movie I love to trumpet and say, look, look yeah. at this movie, look at how Because I, I really city. liked it. Oh, I liked, I liked it a lot. I, I, I'm one of the few, I thought, yeah. I thought, who really liked it a lot, but I'm like, look at how ugly it makes yeah. my city look. But at the same time, I really do wish that he would make a few more. 
um, French Canadian movies just because he seemed to be like one of the best ones we had. Yeah. But after I see something like this, and after I know that he's working on Blade Runner, I'm like, he is gone. This is yeah. He just graduated. Yeah. You know. Although best case scenario, he continues to do things like on a smaller scale like enemy because that's yeah. such a like oh i've got some time <laughs> or yeah. you know i've got this actor that i'm collaborating with on this other movie and we have this thing to do i could see him straddling that line yeah and I there's not a lot of directors so. right now that i guess to do that a lot i no. mean there's people like joe swanberg and stuff who are making bigger and bigger movies while continuing to make like eight mumblecore movies yeah or whatever but I don't see a lot of people that are like one for them, one doing for me. the Soderbergh kind yeah. of thing, like one for them, one for yeah. me. Yeah. So we end our reviews here on the matinee cast with the souvenir, something tangible or intangible that if you could, you would take from this movie to keep. Um, Dan Gorman, what would you take from Sicario? Oh, I, did, I didn't even think of it. Well, it's I'll like a big bag of cocaine. Sure, and yeah, just keep sell it on the market. Your, yeah. yeah. Um, mine actually, like. I would actually want Alejandro's wardrobe. Yeah. He's always really, really well-dressed, even though he's often on, like, no sleep or yeah. little sleep. You know, it's times where you see him, like, fold up his jacket, like, just so. Yeah. Um, they, they, he's not he's not especially well-dressed, but he's well-dressed enough that he looks like he's not that guy in the, yeah. in the boardroom with flip-flops. Yeah. So that, that was mine. I was like, you know, Del Toro's wearing some good-looking threads in this movie. Oh, it was. It's really hard for me to think of something that I want to take from because this movie is so intense and so it's like bleak. Yeah, right. Like, and, and there's not many little doodads knocking around. No, like yeah. Um, uh, maybe the score. You know what? Actually, the 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 eggs, uh, the breakfast that is served in Mexico. Oh, yeah. in, the, in that family scene, I was like, that looks amazing. I right. Want, I want, I want that, that in the morning. Yeah, yeah. totally. Like I the did. beans and the yeah. I, I was bummed when this movie was over that Carnitas wasn't open yet near the light box because I was like, I could really go for yeah, some food right now. Totally. Um, well, we rate here on the matinee cast on a scale of one to four stars. Dan, what do you give Sicario? Ah, uh, it, it's hard. I usually do one to five, and I know it's here hard, it's yeah. one to four. So on on Letterbox, they gave it four and a half. So three and a half. So I guess three and a half. Um, Although I want to give it four to four with reservations, I feel like half a star reservations is maybe a little bit too much because I did love love this movie. Well, you give it a chance to 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 ramp up. Like there's yeah. been a lot of movies over the years where I've given three and a half, and I've looked back after three or four years, and I was like, what the hell was yeah. I thinking? That like that was amazing. I think three and a half with time for me to maybe see it again, sort because I did see it so recently. There is a lot that I want to like work through yeah. and and think about. Yeah, because I, I feel like yeah. I on the other hand, I'm going full four. This is okay. one of the best movies I saw. This year it was certainly one of oh the i agree for that yeah um i'm certain i'm going to be talking about this in december and yeah, yeah. As I said, even with on this show talking through my reservations about the story point i'm still on board because I, I, yeah. I still i can't as much as i want to hang that on the filmmakers i gotta believe that happens in this world a lot mm-hmm. so you know yeah i i don't feel that it's completely hey maybe we're wrong maybe this film is shit <laughs> um let me know ryan up the matinee up the twitter where i'm not here especially facebook.com slash we're gonna be right back right after this with two more movies on the other side Dan's 
choice for the other side to go along with Sicario is the Best Picture winner from 1971. It was directed by William Friedkin. It is The French Connection, a story starring Roy Scheider and Gene Hackman about uh, more drug running, although this set of drug running happened between France and the United States. Um, so, you know, we went through like a couple different options, but this was one of the ones that first did come to mind for you. Why, why were you thinking about the French Connection in relation to Sicario? Um, well, I was just thinking of crime movies that centered around drugs that I absolutely loved. And I know I gave you a couple uh, potentials, and one of them I really wanted to talk about, but was too tenuous. Uh, but this one just was, it's one of my go-to thriller movies. So I thought, why not? Yeah, and no. you and you you reacted well to the. I was like, I love this movie. <laughs> yeah, can I tell you actually? Because I think you'll appreciate this. The 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 the, <laughs> the ripple effect of choosing to rewatch the French Connection. I found out my DVD copy of the French Connection is missing. Oh, after I went to watch yeah. it for this show, I was all happy yesterday morning. I was like, I'm gonna start my Saturday with yeah. the French Connection. <laughs> no, nope. I was like, well, I like, hope it's on Netflix now. And yeah, I still don't know exactly where it's gone. If, if you're listening to this and you borrowed it, please let me know. That happened to me with uh, with Spinal Tap. Oh, which see, was that's, really sad because yeah. I went to watch it one day and I was like, oh, that's in a friend's DVD player that like has moved to Newfoundland. <laughs> yeah, have you ever noticed too? It's not the crappy movies that you lose. It's not the ones you don't care yeah. about. It's the ones that you really wish you could hang on. To. Yeah, um, you know. When I rewatched this movie uh, yesterday, I thought about the difference in pacing from 1971 to now. Yeah. Even, you know, we talked about how Sicario unfolds mm-hmm. slowly and doesn't let you in until it's damn well good and ready. Yeah. This movie's a whole other ball of wax. Oh, because yeah. Because this movie is like at a classic Western snail pace yes, of yeah. ramping up and up and up and up slowly. And even then, doesn't really let all hell break loose until that car chase in the final half hour. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, do you think this movie would succeed if it was released now? Um, I, I think it, I think it would. I want to think it would because I think it's brilliant. Uh, but, but you know, maybe they would be doing some, some you know, script work where that car chase maybe happens earlier. <laughs> or they'd start with some sort of a raid. Yeah. Right? Like like that opening that opening foot chase with, with Popeye dressed as Santa Claus yeah. and, and whatnot. I feel like that would be there'd be like more of a shootout. Totally. In that. Or it wouldn't be like a camera back so far. Yeah. Um do you like do you miss that? Do you miss like a slower pace movie? I do, absolutely. When, and I feel like there are movies that come out now that, that play with that style and I want to like latch onto them and be like, Everybody see this like or what? um well the horror movie uh, House of the Devil by Ty West. Oh, is I a, love that movie! So, yeah, and it's so slow and so just let's be in this world with these people. And then when it, that movie does have the thing where when the shit hits the fan, it hits it pretty hard, pretty abruptly, and it does kind of feel maybe not organic, but I love it anyway. Yeah, yeah. But but it has that kind of let's just relax in this world, and I love that. <laughs> it's funny because I I didn't see it, but I somebody was asking me about. Um, the visit, yeah, the, the, the Shyamalan movie, and the thing that they were asking me about it was they said the beginning starts out and it's so boring, yeah, like, you don't like nothing's going weird, nothing you just you're you're there, and I'm like, I feel like that's the pace of a different time, yeah, that it would just trust an audience to sit down mm-hmm. and go with it, whereas now we want things like we want it to be like Lost where we're dropped yeah. into the the plane crash and totally. in episode one. I feel like Blue Ruin was kind of. 
yeah. in that vein. It's very just like, here's this guy, and we don't really know what's going on yet, but we're just following him around. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, Wendy and Lucy... Have you seen Wendy and Lucy? Have I seen? No, that's one of the um, that's one of the Kelly Record movies yes. I haven't seen. It's but I can imagine. Amazing! It's one of my favorite movies of the de- of the decade. Really? Yeah, well, that movie is like top ten, top five for me. Okay, and okay. and it is very much just a like here's this character, she's got to find her dog, and it's a lot of walking around and it's a lot of talking to this person and that person, but it's brilliant. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Which yeah, there there is in the, in the French Connection. There's a lot of basically putting together not not only just the cops putting together this puzzle, but yeah. us too. Of who are these French dudes? What are they doing? Who are these cops? What are they doing? Yeah. How does this all intersect? Until it finally does intersect, and even then intersects like very very slowly. Yeah. Do you get the impression? Um, the the thing I think I saw in all three of the movies we're going to talk about today is that real soldiers against wrongdoers can't seem to fight without some sort of darkness in them yeah like you know certainly in what we what you get out of matt and alejandro in sicario i feel like you know maybe that was what kate was missing was that she wasn't really a dark person i feel like she was still a good person yeah but popeye in this movie is just a dick yeah right and i feel like he's the kind of guy you totally want getting your... I, and i guess with sicario maybe you know her resistance to embrace that darkness was was like a really great through line right yeah straight until the end yeah and then the kind of corruption that happens in the final moments of that movie yeah but yeah like the french connection is one of those things where you watch it and you know there's a lot of like non-pc stuff going on with this main character who's just like a straight-up racist and and even by 1971 yeah he's, he's very racist and and that kind of unpredictability of that character is what makes the movie so exciting because like you know and and again when he uh after that subway chase when he shoots that guy and i've i read some things on the internet where people were i think on the wikipedia were saying like cops were saying like no you can't do that that's just murder pretty much and then the guy they were like well you know the real person that popeye doyle was based off was on this on the set and that was kind of how he played his game which is messed up <laughs> yeah and you it's know, just like, kind of like you know <laughs> i'm not saying it didn't happen <laughs> yeah i'm like that's probably what the cops are saying that's messed that's, up yeah like this is that's like he's trying to get his man and he you don't know what he's gonna do and that's part of the thrill of the french connection yeah um you know and there is like you know we were talking about like the the really awesome um extraction in sicario you kind of get that somewhat mirrored with that with that subway chase yeah. in terms of like a really intense scene mm-hmm. that, that one at least is a little bit more fluid yeah a lot more fluid versus sicario where it's just like once the cars get to the border they're stuck yeah um i i that's one of my favorite car chases in movies oh it's amazing yeah uh, and just the way like he's constantly like looking up and trying to dodge and by, the, yeah. by the time he gets halfway through his car is just wrecked um the thing I noticed this time when I watched it was how that subway crash is actually filmed. Yeah. Like, it's... You don't actually see the outside of the train. You just see that it's about to hit yeah. another train, and then they shake the living hell out of the camera. <laughs> it's... On the one hand, it's kind of low budge, and oh, okay. Yeah, I see, yeah. You know, there, there was... They didn't have There's the some, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, we get it. Yeah. You know, that train hit the other train. Totally. And and I love that, that it's, it's economical like that. Yeah. Um, oh, economical is a great way to describe <laughs> this movie. And and I agree. I feel like some movies, as much as I love a great fiery explosion, there I've seen some movies where they tried to hide 
things and you're just like oh you didn't even really need to show me you know that much or or shoot it in such a weird way just shake the camera like that yeah yeah, yeah exactly just you know, give me an explosion or a little pop yeah. of smoke i got it like exactly. the sound just yeah you're fully artist exactly you know, we can we can imagine um this movie of course as well um the thing i dig about it is it came out the same year as shaft mm-hmm. so you had two stories like you know one of of like black new york going down into downtown yeah. one of, of white new york going into uptown and i always love stories of like 1970s to early 80s New York. Oh, it's the best. Just because... You can watch the most mediocre movies that take place in that, and you're just like, "Ah, I'm fine with watching this. Yeah, well, because the the city is so different than it is now, and, like, now it's this beacon of America, right? But at at that time, the the, the city was just crumbling. Yeah. And and that's, I think, what, like, lets this movie play so well. Yeah. Um, anything else jump out at you? Like, did you rewatch it for this show, or you're, just, uh, you're going off? I'm going off memory because yeah, yeah. I've just seen it so many times. Yeah, of course. No, I I just it's one of those movies. There, there's few movies in this world I think that I can put on no matter what mood I'm in. One of them is Fletch with Chevy Chase. Right. I, if I'm having the worst day of my life, I could put that movie on and I will be a happier person okay. after 90 minutes. And this movie is one of those movies where doesn't matter if I'm not in the mood for an action movie or if I'm not in the mood for a movie at all. If I put French Connection on, I'm, like, happy for two hours. Like, it's just thriller perfection. Do you have a soft spot if you happen to be seeing Big and he's watching French Connection in Big? Yeah. That was actually, I was actually saying, that was actually my introduction to the French Connection. Yeah, was you're the like, first what's time. that? Yeah, I was like, what's that movie? And the first time that. I saw it properly, I was like, oh, yeah. this is the movie. Yeah, totally. Um, I think the takeaway for me is I love, I love ambiguity in endings. Mm-hmm. So in this movie, oh, the ending in this movie is so good. Oh my god, it's so bleak. <laughs> oh. This ending, like you get, it's you know you get these still cards of everybody who had wrongdoing in this movie. Yeah, and how they basically served like minimal sentence and then got off. Yeah, after you know running millions and millions of dollars yeah. with the drugs in and out of the states, and then you get the two shot of Doyle and. Um, I always forget where Buddy? she's name. Buddy, yeah. Um, you, you always get, yeah, a Buddy and, and Doyle shot, and it's like they were reassigned, and they yeah. were suspended, and like, oh, yeah. Man. You're like, it's that, thing... it goes on kind of ending. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I, you know, I know sometimes we want our stories to be wrapped up in this yeah. little package, but I like with this movie, and even with Sicario, that you don't see what happened next. Yeah, I was saying that to my girlfriend too. I was saying, like, well, what do you think became of, of Benicio Del Toro? You know, he kind of got what he wanted out of this, this like, uh, campaign or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, like do you he, think he, he's going to go back is he to... Gonna, yeah, is he going to be on our side ever again, or is he just going to be on to the next, you know, now that I've done that, <laughs> back now, to now the I old game? Now he takes me, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that that's this world. Um, we're going to talk one more... We're going to talk about one more story out of this world right after this. Uh, come on back. We're going to talk about another movie. Try it! Alright, my choice for the other side brings me great delight because it's a <laughs> film that I dig and that I know at least one other person digs, but I know a lot of people who don't like this movie. It's from 2013, it's from director Riddler It's from director Ridley Scott. It is the counselor starring Michael Fassbender, yeah. Penelope Cruz, uh, 
Javier Bardem and Brad Pitt and so many other people for a moment or two. Cameron Diaz. How can I possibly forget oh. Cameron Diaz? <laughs> and um, it's it's another sort of kind of drug running movie, but this one more about the people who are actually dealing the drugs than the people who are actually trying to stop the flow. Uh, so let, let let's let's. <laughs> First of all, I'll say wh- why I, I came to it. Now, first of all, yeah. I came to it um, prompted by our mutual friend Kurt Halfyard, who, when I said I need a I need a Sicario connection, he said, "Counselor, you got to do the counselor." I was like, "Right?" Yeah, because it has the Juarez connection. Yeah, they're, they're both taking place basically in the same little parts of land, um, but wants to tell the story not so much about not even at all about the fight of drugs being legal or illegal, but about the people who are actually dealing them and you know the craziness that they get into where do you come down on this <laughs> because you know because you, you like film you like yeah. that film oh. so, so where, where do you come down on oh this man i hate this movie <laughs> oh, of course you do. Why, why do you hate I it? and just, you know what and i don't even think you're alone i, I know you, like if this podcast you is know, listened to by a hundred people 99 yeah. of them hate the council i i saw this movie for my podcast see you next wednesday and i went into that recording session being uh like man i can't wait to rip this thing up because i did not enjoy it and and laid it out laid my hand my cards on the table with my friends and the guy that that was watching with us greg uh my co-host was like no i i enjoyed i thought this was interesting and had all these interesting things to say about it and i was just like ah it was such a slog to get through but you know i really do i get i get the love for it and I, it, and I do I feel I like I love it, it and I don't even get the I love I feel like it. it's a movie that I want more and more and more that the more that I hear people that love it talking about it to, to join you know in and be like yes because it is tra- it's, it's it's the kind of movie that I should love it's so trashy and like loves you know what it is and loves rubbing your face in this kind of sleazy weird arty like off the wall but like crazy and like I I see movies like this and love them usually. And then I saw this and was like, I hated, I was so excited for this movie because of the, the people involved in the writing and, and, and I just hated the dialogue and I hated like watching these people. (laughs) So you know where I think you're going wrong? I I think, I, I think it's really encapsulated in this like absolutely unforgettable scene where, uh, his name keeps falling out of my head where, um, Javier Bardem yeah. describes the act of Cameron Diaz literally stooping his car. Yeah. And Michael Fassbender, who, by the way, I love that he doesn't have a name. Yeah. Uh, you know, like that, that might be like the greatest thing about the movie is that <laughs> the counselor has no name. I feel like that, is that a, like a Ridley Scott kind of, I feel like that's a kind of thing. Like, not that he's done it before, but it feels very Ridley Scott to me. I don't know why. Maybe. It feel, that feels more to me like a, because the, the story is written by Cormac, Cormac McCarthy. McCarthy. It feels like a Cormac okay. McCarthy thing. Um, but when Javier Bardem in this, who plays Reiner in this movie, he's describing Cameron Diaz stripping his car and the counselor turns to him and he's like, well, was it sexy? He's like, it was too visual to be sexy. I feel like that's what it was with this movie. Like, you know, like somebody saying, but you love bad movies and you're like, but it was too handsome to be bad. You know, it it wasn't like it just missed. It was like, it was trying to miss and still miss. Yeah. I just, maybe that's it. Yeah. I just, you know, I love movies that are this kind of you know outrageous crate like it because it is a movie that is so wild and, and unpredictable and weird and, oh yeah and i want to like it you know i'm trying to th- even i'm just trying to think of movies like that that i like like i really like wild things 
Like, I think Wild Things is a movie that knows what kind of trash it is. Yeah. And, and knows what kind of tawdry, like, you know, neon noir, like... So do you like, um, what was the one that came out, um savages like do you like that one i liked it more than this i didn't love it <laughs> well maybe that's the thing maybe if somebody likes savages they don't like i Kelsar. thought savages although again was, happier likes both i <laughs> i thought savages was very down the middle i was like there's things in here that i really like but i don't love this movie okay see I, like i think what i got out of this movie pretty early on like when you get that opening scene of them watching their cheetahs yeah. run around with with uh you know there's a there's the ferrari or the porsche or whatever yeah. it is parked over on the side and cameron diaz is like platinum nails like so yeah. they're chrome colored nails i was like this is a movie that knows it's absurd yeah like this is a movie that everything that people say the way that people dress yeah like, bardem's entire wardrobe in this movie is bonkers and even <laughs> the first time we see brad pitt in this movie he's waiting in like the the lounge of a club yeah and there's this big ass painting behind him of Mickey Mouse gloves doing the like childish yeah. like in out kind yeah. of thing. I'm like this movie knows how <laughs> dumb it, how yeah. dumb this whole world is, and it wants to play to that. But it's it's a fine line, right? If yeah. You don't, if you don't hit that, you're screwed. For me, I guess it was just uh, by the time it became interesting in the final hat, like the the whole you know we're setting up this thing around somebody's neck or whatever that's good yeah. like that all the, the kind of setting up of and i believe there's also the the wire across the road right like there's these two very violent things that the movie is kind of hanging over your head yeah and and by the time that started to click into place my interest was peaking because i was like what the hell is going to happen with these crazy things but i felt like by the time that happened i was like so disconnected from the movie i didn't really care anymore well, part of me not also that I wonders, have to care. Yeah, about no, no, movie, yeah, but. yeah, no. Part of me also wonders. This is some one of the things that I sometimes struggle with is I struggle with the problems of rich people. Yeah, and I think maybe that was where I loved Sicario more than I loved uh, the counselor. Is when I hear about the plight of people who are well off. I, I went through this. I went through something like this with the Bling Ring. Yeah, where I'm watching rich twerps. You know complain about being bored and yeah. wanting to have their that's where i have a hard like i don't know about you but that's where i have a hard time connecting mm-hmm. was that part of it as well because no. everybody in this movie is like filthy bloody yeah rich. i don't find that i have that because um that's and i've always i haven't seen bling ring yet but i've been i've been meaning to but i really like uh sofia coppola's somewhere oh which, man even i don't like somewhere. i love that movie really and that is very much a movie that i felt got that you know it's just a rich guy in this like amazing hotel wallowing like why do i care but i felt like if the story is interesting enough and the characters are interesting enough to pull me through it doesn't really matter that i'm like not relating to his problem it's a problem for him yeah and i find it interesting okay <laughs> so this i just you know i it's hard. i don't know how to explain the did you counselor. rewatch it for this did i manage to i rewatched even... some of it okay i i went through did, it a little <laughs> did, did, like did any of it, like, it do it's a not bit clicking yet still not clicking no and i think maybe it's did just did we move the needle at least mm, no oh. it may, i want you move the needle there was a little bit of a needle move <laughs> i i in the sense of like there's something in there and i know there is but i don't know what yet okay. i guess i don't know okay yeah, but I was gonna say like it, you know if 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 your co-host didn't manage to, to yeah. really shake you out of it two <laughs> years ago, I don't know how much better I could have done. Um, what is it? Because I imagine you go through this often about 
movies you dig that other people don't like. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, I've, I've had arguments, like we're talking about a Ridley Scott movie. Yeah. I've had umpteen arguments over the past four years about, or over the past three years about Prometheus. Yeah. Which I love unabashedly, but I know a lot of people who are like, that is the dumbest piece of yeah. shit I've ever seen. I, I mean, I was really excited for it. Um, and I really loved watching it in IMAX when it came out and seeing like the crazy like visuals. Right. But I mean, more, more to the point of, of getting into arguments about movies yeah. you dig that other people don't like, because I imagine you, you've got to go down that road often where yeah. you're talking about a movie that either unabashedly is shit or on a certain level is shit, but you still dig them. Like, yeah. Do you ever feel like you're playing defense? I or? do. Yeah. A lot. It's, I mean, with somewhere, I feel like constantly, I feel like I'm. <laughs> the one person that I know that loved that movie I know and everybody else was like, like I should introduce you. okay yeah <laughs> should, like, organize a pub night around yeah, somewhere yeah um, I'm trying to think of some examples I do I do find you know there are movies that I've latched onto and 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 there's times where I feel like I'm I'm like confused the Prometheus thing has been kind of a, I feel like it's been popped up again. I've seen a lot of people arguing about it on Facebook and really? stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Um, I thought that was done. Uh, yeah. I, but I, I do, I don't like the argument when, when the argument style is like, cause I know a lot of people said that movie was dumb mm-hmm. and they didn't like how everybody was making stupid decisions. And I'm not a big fan of nitpicking movies like that. Right. But I do feel like there's, a kind of backlash against that with Prometheus recently where the the idea is the people not being the best of the best is the point of the movie. Mm-hmm. And that feels a little like you didn't understand it. You watched it wrong. You know what I mean? It's kind of argument. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not a big fan no, of that. Like if that's... I, if the movie just, if I don't, if it didn't work for me and I found all their choices stupid, I don't care that that is the point yeah. sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's weird just because with where the counselor is concerned even so i i managed to get my hands on the extended version for, for oh this, for, great for, for the purpose of this conversation yeah and i was like because i was watching the opening i was like i do not remember this opening going on this long yeah as i was watching and I, like i hit the the time track on my on my dvd and i was like two hours and 15 minutes i do not remember this movie being that long and i looked it up i was like oh i'm watching yeah. more of this <laughs> more of the counselor and but i do remember how that opening where they're in bed and she's you know she's she's trying to talk dirty but it's not really coming off as dirty talk and i all... right away when i saw that in movie theaters i was like oh i don't like this yeah and that's <laughs> what i totally get how that could absolutely strong arm somebody out of a movie how if they put it on like even especially if they put it on like their tv at home yeah. put it on netflix they would just be bailing out really quick yeah but at the same time i just thought i just i just went with it i was like okay you're yeah. that movie all right i'll you know i'll yeah. recalibrate totally and, le- and let's go and I think that that's the thing is it is a movie that you do have to do that I feel like yeah so I you know I'm, I'm and I just haven't yet <laughs> yeah and I think the the ultimate takeaway for me the reason why I dig this movie um, it, and, and and sort of how it relates into Sicario is they're both really handsome films mm-hmm. you, like you say what you will about how one executes versus the other you could just put them on mute and they look amazing yeah and when I consider that this movie is trash because make no mistake this movie's trash Right? Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is some trashy trashy yeah. shit i like the idea of good looking trash yeah you know yeah. that to me is fascinating that you could take something so 
nasty yeah. and dress it up so well. And I think that's the part of the reason why I feel like I want to like it more because I love advocating for loving a good piece of trash that knows it's trash and is doing is the kind of turning the screws on you in that way. Yeah. And and I just can't go to bat for this one. That's not, no, <laughs> that's, that's cool. I'm, I'm glad that you you know endured my conversation this long. Uh, we're gonna take one last break and go further down the spiral with some other suggestions right after this. Come on back. So this was the hard part for me. I don't know about you. Actually, I think you came it was, up with something pretty easy. Well, it was hard. It was a little hard for me because I really wanted to try and think outside of the box because uh, I know this is sort of other things outside of movies. So I was like, okay, can I think of like an old video game or like can I think of like because you 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 had mentioned somebody picked like some music. Yeah. And so I was trying to think like, okay, what tone can I? I really wanted to go outside of the box and think of something kind of interesting, but I ended up going with something that's a, a, a visual medium anyway. Okay. So so what did you end up coming back? Oh, we should reintroduce this because I feel like we've been away for a while. So further down the spiral was uh, it's a new section of the podcast that we've trotted out for four or five episodes where we talk about. Uh, what we've seen in terms of Sicario and what that made us think about in terms of other suggestions for further reading, but not movies. So in the past, this has come to comics, it's come to photography, uh, books, um, which I will be mentioning a book. Uh, and I think we mentioned TV. I don't know, yeah. but, but you've got a TV show I have a TV that uh, Sicario yeah. prompted. Um, what, do you, what do you got? I just finished watching the, the Netflix original series Bloodline. Oh, you're like the third person to recommend this to me. So yeah. tell people what this is about. Now, this was one of those things where everybody was recommending it to me. And I okay. was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'll get to it. <laughs> and then eventually my girlfriend and I sat down and we started watching it. And okay. we definitely became, as most people do with Netflix shows and, and TV shows, you addicted to it. We lie, we lie, well, we... we we're big proponents of the like doling it out week by week so okay. like we'll watch two one week two another week maybe okay. three so it ends up taking the better part of a month but we are still constantly on the edge of our like when are we gonna watch another episode of bloodline <laughs> we gotta get it i'm i'm a believer in one a day yeah so when like when daredevil dropped i was like i was there on the first day yeah. i was like oh boy daredevil but i i <clears throat> that became like my nightly watch and then yeah. what i'll what i'll allow myself is when you get towards the end then you can kind of up Kinda, it to two yeah but but no more than that. Yeah. Because then I feel like you lose the joy. By the time yeah, I'm a big. I'm not a big guy on sort of you know Taking voraciously doing it all at once. Because I feel like even though these these shows like Netflix originals especially, I feel like are paced to be done. I think mm-hmm. they are now designing them to be that way. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like I, I'm more of a fan of. Yeah, I liked two a week, like two or three, like on the weekend we'd watch you know one one night and two another night, and then the next weekend do the same thing. And in, in about a month to get through it. What's Bloodlines about? So Bloodline is about a family who own a hotel in, in Florida, a very kind of like nice Florida Keys style hotel. Um, and the season begins uh, with this family, the Rayburn family, um, having sort of like a reunion for the celebration of their parents' 45th birthday. And uh, no, sorry, 45th year running this, this house called the Rayburn House. And uh, one of the brothers, because there's there's three brothers and a sister, and the one brother played by Ben Mendelsohn is kind of the black sheep of the family. Okay. And the show goes from sort of just 
uh, familial drama and kind of blows up to involve drug running. Oh wow! And it okay. is it is a be- it is it is like arrest if Arrested Development was deadly serious. <laughs> okay. Because it has like one of the brothers, um, I think Kyle Chandler. He was from Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Yep. He's kind of like the Jason Bateman. He's oh, trying to get this. Keep everybody. He's tr- he's like a cop, and he's trying to get everybody. He's trying to fix all of the problems, and there's all of these characters around him, including Ben Mendelsohn, who is just ready to fuck everything up, ready to do anything for money, drink all the time. Is just a mess of a guy, but okay. a kind of character that you love to hate and hate to love because huh. you want him to pull his life together because he's so charming, but he's also like, I'm gonna get involved in drug running and I'm gonna get involved in this thing that blows up to be also involved with like running people over the border and people getting murdered oh, while this is happening and it it i was surprised at how much i went for the show because okay. it was one of those shows where the first episode or two you're like okay i can see where this is going and it is a little manipulative in that a lot of the episodes not a lot will happen and at the end of every episode it's boom oh, okay I'll help boom you need to come yeah. next week or whatever is it um you know like obviously the connection there is is like the 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 action happening on the American border is yeah. is part of it as well. Like, is this a handsome show? Is it? Oh, is it's it, very. It's handsome, shot, yeah. I imagine it's shot like on location in Florida. Yeah, it is. Uh, it it looks amazing. Okay, definitely. And 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 it's one of those shows where you watch and you're like, oh, I want to go to this kind of Florida Keys uh, right? resort. That's the thing. Like, you grow up and you're always going to the same crappy parts of Florida, yeah. but then you find out about these parts of Florida that have it's like, like gorgeous, a lot of yeah. color to them, and you're like, I want to go to there. Yeah, and and it's very like. It has that kind of uh, neon noir, neo noir kind of feel to it okay. with all the characters. It's it it. I really really got addicted to it. Okay. Well, my uh, choice for further down the spiral, I'm going. I think this is the second time I've recommended a book, and this actually might be a book that I myself decide to reread because I haven't reread it in a long long time. And Lord knows I've been reading enough books this year um, that I'll, I'll run out before before Christmas where I can finally reload. Yeah, um, is a book called The Crossing by Cormac McCarthy. I got to thinking about it after uh, The Counselor because that's re- <clears throat> that blows my brain still that that story is written by Cormac McCarthy. Yeah. We didn't talk about it during the other <laughs> but I'm like that is it's not true. the kind of thing that I think about that man writing. Yeah, but The Crossing it's um it's the follow up to All the Pretty Horses. Okay, and um it 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 forms part of a trilogy there's actually three books um that uh, that are called the border trilogy that all the pretty horses are about and the crossing is just about this guy trying to lead uh he's trying to get across the border and he's got a wolf yeah with him that he's that he's leading along and it a lot like sicario it's very very vast he goes long stretches where it's just him and and you know and okay. the wolf and this and you know not a whole lot around him and it's just, it's one of these things where it just makes you feel, like, so alone, right? Like, it's just, he doesn't have anybody with him yeah. traveling. He's just got this wolf with him. You know, in, in a lesser movie, he'd have a volleyball. Uh, yeah. But, um, and I feel like it's the kind of story that probably couldn't really be adapted into a film that well. Although, maybe in a world where we have Wendy and Lucy, it, it might be possible. <laughs> but I feel like it would, it would need a really, really, really deft touch. Yeah. But the book itself is so damn good. It's all that really, really bone cutting in terms of like lean writing Cormac McCarthy type stuff. And and as I said, I remember really digging the heck out of it when I read it when I was 20. And I haven't thought about it in a long, long time until I saw Sicario. And now I want to reread it again. Yeah. 
Um, have you ever read any of his stuff? I actually have not. No, nothing at no. all? I'd say, like, if you've never read any of his stuff, like, start with The Road. Okay. That's usually the one that people point to. It's, it's kind of his best. Um, and if you've seen the movie, you kind of know what you're getting, but you'll okay. get a better a better version of it, even though I do like the movie version of The Road. Yeah. And, and yeah, he's got a really great style to him. The only thing that's a little tricky about his style, if I remember correct, is that he doesn't use quotations okay there's something I, I, it's been a while since i've read one of his books he it's not that he doesn't use any punctuation at all but it's like it's that's hard. jose saramago yeah. and he's also really <laughs> yeah. Tough to read. yeah but i think he doesn't use quotations so if you're the kind of person who skims to the dialogue yeah no i don't have, yeah okay but yeah definitely read some of his books and I, I might even say like you could even start with the crossing actually yeah like, and just kind of fill okay. in the rest because it sounds awesome yeah it is really really good um and yeah so there we go so bloodlines which i'm definitely gonna watch so thanks for that and the crossing um ideas that you could go to if you'd like sweet sicario and that will close the book on episode 143 of the matinee cast come on back on october 12th not two months this time um <laughs> for what episode 144 i'm really excited we'll be talking about the martian um dan is at the modern superior network where he is part of see you next wednesday and time bandits uh, what's happening on those shows next? next so week. see you next Wednesday. Uh, we have a new episode on Wednesday, number 184, and we'll be talking about Sicario again awesome. and uh, some other stuff. And Time Bandits right now is kind of on a hiatus and not sure when it'll come back because uh, one of our co-hosts has had, had a baby and life is, you know, life finds a way. Yeah. So we're, <laughs> we, we all have a lot of stuff going on right now and juggling a podcast where we have to go to the movies every week with another podcast where we have to watch a movie and listen to an album every week has been something's got to get we made a real good run of it like two years straight of of two movies a week and moving albums and stuff but but right now time bandage is on a hiatus but we're coming we're gonna we're gonna figure out a way to get it back do a christmas special exactly yeah or 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 like or or closer to now you could also do a Halloween. yeah yeah that's that's a that would be my suggestion to you guys. Is like pick your moments, maybe something like you know, like six a year, yeah, or four exactly. a year, or something about a special occasion. Totally. And then you, it's even more focused because it's like, well, yeah, it's Canada Day. Exactly. We're going to talk about blah blah blah. For there, sure. There we go. My, my <laughs> if people want to follow you on Twitter, where can they find you? Uh, you can follow me at yckmd underscore the most convoluted. Uh, <laughs> it, oh, I remember this. It's uh, it's, it's um, stands. Don't tell me. It's no? the it's. A, you're there it's, they it's might be giant song, song. it true. stands for youth culture killed my dog so y-c-k-m-d underscore very nice my site is thematinee.ca for more audio content you can find back episodes by going to thematinee.ca podcast you can also find them on podcast Stitcher Radio Blueberry Apple's podcast app and iTunes store everything gives you ways to subscribe for free you can get all the new episodes feedback on Sicario the counselor lord knows tell me what you think about the counselor <laughs> yeah and the French connection um, or ideas for going further down the spiral can be left in the comment section of the site and email me ryanfmatinee.ca twitter or on matinee underscore ca or facebook.com slash darkmatinee any final thoughts Dan Gorman? Uh, no I'm just super excited that was amazing I, 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 you know what? <laughs> I had a really good time I, I was actually really nervous coming into this because anytime I get somebody who who's just like coming on for yucks it's one thing but anytime I get another podcaster I'm like oh man I'm about to just show my yeah. entire hand I and... guess I'll have to give the counselor an even more another another try like like I skimmed through it but I guess I'll have to sit down and maybe watch the extended cut someday I <laughs> bear through that opening I promise you that opening is bananas yeah but just keep on going for Dan I'm Ryan we'll see you at the next day. Follow me through cars
Find me in the mountain. Hey.